This is the Ink Pray Love podcast. We talk all things health, wealth, and community connection. Let's go. Welcome to this episode of the Ink Pray Love podcast. Today I have a special friend of mine, Mike Vestal. He's my buddy for a little bit, of, been a little bit of time now, and he's an entrepreneur. He's big into AI. He's crushing it on the internet, but he's also hilarious. And uh, I, we just got to drop into this guy in depth. And he wanted me to describe him as the many hats of how I knew him. Mm. He's been friends for four years or three years, something like that, in Bali, Bali friends. And I was like, well, he's full of energy. He's a very intelligent dude, young, driven, motivated intensely handsome and um <laughs> and he's always doing and pushing the limits of living a big full life and what i've seen him lately on the internet was you know driving lamborghinis and you know making hella money uh, using ai which i want to talk to you about because i think that's a pretty interesting topic right now but also continuously growing and uh, diving deep into himself as a human and i respect you a lot for that that you work on your mind you work on your body you're not afraid to eat organs with me and do all stuff like that which is a funny story we'll get into but mike thank you for coming bro Bro, thank you so much for having me, man. It's like I remember hearing the story of what you went through and just uh, like how you overcame that and, and all that stuff and seeing you now how you're happy, you're healthy. It's like nothing actually changed. <laughs> you're still crazy, good looking. So it, it's like you didn't let something bad, some crazy accident take anything from you. And if anything, you, you even see more happy, more playful, more joyful than before, which is insane because you're already happy, playful, and joyful before. So it, it's beautiful to see just how much joy you have like in your heart thank you bro i appreciate that i think that's a big and you have it as well we reflect each other well in that it's so important for us to reflect out joy into the world but take take the knocks with with some joy you know mm. crazy shit like the organ story so you me and aj um we had just finished i think on your podcast or something and we went to go eat this place that served like organ soup there's like goat brains and livers and stuff like that, right? In, in in the side of a road where they also sold furniture for some fucking reason. So it was a furniture factory slash organ soup place. <laughs> Just in case you wanted to buy a desk and eat some goat brains, you got it all in one place, ovs. It was like the weirdest place to be, but the soup was bomb. And you felt amazing after you eat it. Like you would have like, you'd feel vital for a few days. You'd have yeah. just like, a, you'd have a full girthy erection for, for a few six days. six hours down for the like, shortcut. It's crazy, right? You mm. need that many nutrients. You get the nutrients and the vitamins and the goat brains and you're just like rock hard for a few mm. days. Crazy. Strange story. So when we're there, you and I, and you get this phone call and at your villa, you had all this expensive, you know, camera equipment and your place got robbed and you just found out you just lost like what? five grand or something worth mm. of camera equipment and how you took that I just remember I was like holy shit man like that's a big L and you're just like oh whatever you'll figure it out mm. and you just shook it off like right away mm. and I was like oh okay man like that was a boss move you know what was going through your head to take an L like that and just not freak out you just, what, what's that about well before I even go into that I remember that exact same moment when I got that message and I saw like all that stuff was stolen and and I thought I was going to go ahead and have to, you know, handle that by myself. But I remember seeing you and AJ and your reaction and how you almost wanted to go ahead and like, like, it's almost like they sold your stuff. Too, <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're right. like, let's go. Where, where is the address? And and I remember let's looking go smash at someone out. like, this is, this is something that's awesome. This is something that, you know, it's like when I was younger, maybe I had right when I was a child, but like growing up and going through all these places, it's like, 
there wasn't actually that that deep level of brotherhood and camaraderie mm. where it's mm. like you steal my little brother's stuff yeah right and then you basically stole from me so that, w- that was kind of like a big thing that I got. I was like, okay, even though I lost some stuff, it's crazy to see that two guys that I really respect, like extremely that are doing amazing things are willing to go ahead and like kind of change your schedule because they went and stole, someone stole their little brother's, you know, toys. Yeah, we were so, about it. Right? So <laughs> I, I was just like already extremely grateful and humbled to, th- to the fact that you guys had that reaction. And I'm also, it, looking back, it's kind of crazy because, you know, when when bad things happen to you, you don't want to go ahead and show it to the world, mm. right? Like, I, I've talked to a lot of people just from, from the boys, right, and uh, mutual friends. And when I was talking to them about certain situations, my perception of them from the outside looked like they were very happy and everything was composed and everything was good. But deep down, they're going through, like, some dark stuff. In that period of time, you know, when I actually lost that, that was that was probably the least of my worries because even before that, I had this perception of everyone thinking that I was successful and rich and happy, but because of port moves that I made earlier on, I just was losing money mm. left and right, losing money left and right. And when you have an identity where it's like everyone sees you as successful mm. and then that ego kind of takes the best of you and you start making crazy aggressive moves where there was literally a point where we were literally losing like 17 grand a day, just burning, just cash. Damn, son. And so that was going down. I saw my savings go down and down and down, 17 grand every single day, just like burning. And the, the the fact that someone stole that, that was just like, this this freaking sucks. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This was just like, you know when you think things can't get worse? Yep. And then it just gets worse? Yep. So that's that's kind of the behind the scenes that was actually happening yeah. with, I guess, the mask of happiness and joy that I was like yeah. showing. Damn. Uh, I remember it, you kind of going through it. And then you... You, you went missing for a little bit. Like yeah. you you just dropped off for a little while and you're always like, you move mysteriously. And then all of a sudden you pop up at Karma House and I'm like, mm. you know, it's like such a great surprise to see you like last week. Um, and, you know, where what ha- when you were taking those L's and you went to a space and, you know, what happened between then and now as you've rebuilt yourself and get yeah. back into doing it? So I essentially took an L like essentially every single day every single week, every single month for essentially a year straight. Fuck. Right. So it was like nothing could go wrong. It's like I would go ahead and get robbed and then my phone was stolen. I was like, okay, you can take my laptop and all that stuff, but it's like at least I have a phone to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone stole that and then I <laughs> tried chasing that person and then it was the wrong person. Oh, yeah, the scooter. And then my chased. fingers like this for a couple months and I go to the hospital and they're like, yeah, let me fix it. Spend a lot of money and then they just put a popsicle stick <laughs> on my finger and it wasn't doing anything. And then another person was like, oh, actually that person didn't know how to put the popsicle stick I'll go ahead and show you how to go ahead and put the popsicle sitting on there. So I had that. And then also like the thing about relationships between men and women, it was something that, you know, I moved a girl in with me at that moment in time. And like my biggest problem was I didn't understand like frames and boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand what it's like when you go ahead and move someone in with you where you have like separate values, where there's obviously going to be some type of conflict and argument. Mm. And based off of the conflict and arguments that I would notice from my parents and how they had certain reaction mechanisms on how to deal with conflict and how I was like subconsciously kind of modeling what they were doing to go ahead and overcome like certain conflicts of fighting and arguments. So yeah, it was, it was just like a lot of pain and a lot of pain. And essentially what happened was as I was taking L's, I was getting cut out of business deals as you know, I remember I had someone really close to me that I look up to essentially just like yelling at me for being, I guess like inadequate at a certain like job because 
for example, I was too emotional at that point. Cause mm. you know, when you're just like left and right getting yeah. pummeled, it's like, you just, you just feel like a kick dog. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember in this moment in time, I wanted to blame everybody. I wanted to blame the world. I wanted to say, why can't this person give me an opportunity? Why is this person cutting me out of this business deal? Mm. Who are all these new people coming in and making money with my ideas and my like baby? And, and it was like very, very hard, man. It was like very, very hard where like the only thing I remember doing when I was like in this painful like experience was I remember, again, blaming everyone waiting for things to change i remember thinking why is it so hard to even make two grand a month at this point when i was used to making so much money in the past and right before i was going to apply for like my, my idea is i was like there was this this marvel movie coming out it was just with a bunch of asians it was shang chi and the legend of yeah, the, yeah. I, I was like if i could get in that movie and make millions i'm set like <laughs> i it was that was like literally my master plan when when i was at the bottom bro <laughs> Okay. I was like, okay. I, I just need one Marvel movie. Put me in, coach. I'm going to be that Asian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember like sliding in the guy's DMs, like just left unseen. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, maybe this isn't it. <laughs> more and more pain and victim mentality. And at this point, I was like, you know what? I need, I need some type of help, right? And lo and behold, the people that I always, for example, bump into are the ones that help me out the most. I remember around this period of time, you were getting really into chess and you just out of nowhere randomly messaged me. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know this at the time, but or you don't know this at the time, but maybe you asking to play chess just because there was some thing that was happening and I haven't seen you for all. That was one of the first things that started moving me out of that negativity. Really? Yeah, it's crazy, bro. I had no idea. It's crazy how all these things happen. And essentially that text brought me to you guys. I then started asking people like you, like Brian, like yeah. Dave questions. Uh, you then started inviting me to a bunch of like breathwork workshops yeah. and all of that stuff. And all of those modalities from Vipassana meditation to Dave essentially telling me to meditate 10 hours a day, yeah. every single day for, for 10 days. And I was like, I'll do four hours a day for seven days because <laughs> yeah. that was just still insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And seeing the transformation that you had and the boys had with Vipassana, I remember just coming back home because I thought that the technical way to get out was some technical fix. But what I desperately needed was a spiritual fix. And I just sat there, bro like sat there for four hours every single day for seven days. And I felt what it was like to feel the pain, feel the pain, feel the pain, going crazy, not moving, thinking my legs are going to fall out and half lotus <laughs> position. Yeah. But every single time I wanted to move and get comfortable and I just kept on holding it, holding it, holding it, I sank to just a crazy deeper level of peace. And I started realizing in all of my relationships, in loving relationships, in business relationships, in friendships, it's like when things started getting really, really uncomfortable, same way like how the Vipassana meditation was getting very, very uncomfortable, I would want to move and fidget. But if I would have had just a little bit more patience, I would have experienced some type of breakthrough mm. and actually reached new, deeper levels of, of understanding who I was. And in this period of time, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and make three videos a day every single day for, for the next year. Okay. That's what essentially I gave my entire year to. I didn't care about the views. I didn't care about the ego. I didn't care about the negative comments. I didn't care about my friends that thought I was crazy. They're like, make three videos a month. Put your soul into it. And I was like, screw this. I'm going to do three videos a day. And that single-handedly alone, that habit, like I remember like in October, it was just, it was hard for me to make $7 a day. Mm. And then for October and November, there was like no money, right? And I still had all of these expenses and I had to take care of a Russian girl at the time, which is expensive. And then I had all of these things and <laughs> <laughs> bro. And then December Thanks. hit and it was finally like 4k. And then January was like 10k and then 
20K and then 30K and then 40K, 40, and then I was stuck at 40K. I was going through all this hardships now, again, going towards like self-sabotage. And again, literally when I was about to go ahead and do it, you magically text me, hey, we're about to go ahead and do a breathwork retreat in, um, in what's it called? In, in the Stana yeah. Yogi Lab with Brian and the boys and Dave's going to be there. And I remember I was like, oh, I was trying to like, trying to get a free pass, but you're like, no, 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 here, here's how much. And I, like, I didn't want to spend money yeah, because it was still like imposter syndrome yeah, and fear yeah. and scarcity not spending. But yeah. I was like, at this point, I was like, screw this. You know, these guys already helped me out so much in my life and in all of the things that I learned from your guys' experience. Mm -hmm. So I just dropped the money, went to the retreat, breathed my way out of a lot of the mm -hmm. pain points. Mm -hmm. And then after that, man, just, went back to focus and like went 50, 60, 70, 80, 100. And then it was just like consistently six figure months after Amazing. that. Amazing. Uh, but as the income started going up, for some reason, my relationships started going down. Yeah. I took all the money and I, I was just like, you know, let me go ahead and hire as much tantra coaches as possible. <laughs> this gets horrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> and I'm just giving my money to all of these like women to go ahead and essentially teach me. Uh -huh. And I remember go so deep in that I'm crying, hitting the pillow, uh, listening to all these people to the point where my relationship dynamics with my woman got so bad because I was no longer masculine, right? Mm. I thought that if I made more money, then it would fix everything in my relationships. But the more money that I made, the more disrespect that I had. And it wasn't her fault. It was just because I didn't, I didn't understand. I didn't have the right mental model of modeling. It's because I re started realizing that it's like not only were a lot of the people that were giving me advice, the people that are giving me advice usually was like a woman that was like kind of the 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 one that was leading financially, emotionally, and then the guy was just essentially kind of making money from mm. the, the girl's brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also another thing, it's like when I go deep into the entire thing and one of the coaches essentially told, tells me, Mike, you're actually sharing too much of your emotions to your partner. <laughs> and I'm like... Uh, Oversharing. This, wow. this is what you told me to do. Like, yeah, guys, yeah. like, it's all about emotions. <laughs> so I'm, because I'm freaking extreme, right? Yeah, I know you are. So yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to be the best freaking student. So I literally take everything that all these spiritual people are saying, and I just went like crazy yeah. to the extreme of implementing it with all our <laughs> massive action. <laughs> so they were like, you need to be more sensitive, Mike. Yeah. And then you're like super overly sensitive. So I'm like yeah. so sensitive. Oh, like I'm funny. sharing my feelings. Yeah. I'm, I'm essentially yeah. writing down all my feelings in my journal. And I'm looking at my girl. I'm like, see, look, this is how I feel. <laughs> she's reading it like, what the hell? She's just Russian. She's like, нет. Нет, нет. Это не шутка. Мне не нравится это. Oh, you definitely went yeah. deep. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and yeah, bro. At that point, I was like, all right, it's time to go ahead and go to another extreme. So at that moment, I essentially went crazy and created one year's worth of content in a couple of months, publishing three videos a day. Wow. I pre-scheduled that all on YouTube. Wow. So every single day I was like publishing. And then for the next year, I devoted the year of my life to then essentially travel around the world and meeting guys who had a relationship dynamic that I actually wanted to emulate. Boss. Because I realized if I want to go ahead and make a lot of money yep. and someone broke telling me how to make money, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. If I want to go ahead and get into a good shape, but someone who's obese is telling me how to get a six pack, doesn't make sense. But how come we're taking relationship advice from everyone else that is unhappy in their relationships? And we're like, yeah, that's actually good advice. Mm. So literally at that point, all of the money that I started making, pre-scheduled a year, stopped working essentially for a year. Uh, but the content was essentially publishing every single day. So yeah. money was still coming in. So you, were, you were making like, how, how were you converting and how are you making money? So essentially what it was, was I uh, like... In this period of time, I got I created as much uh, content from October to November, right? 
I don't even know what people wanted. Like every single day I was like, okay, I'll make a video about vegan versus carnivore, click funnels tutorial, semen retention, mm. right? Like just everything. All over the map. Everything. Like yeah, one yeah. day I would talk about how to build a website and host it on Bluehost. And the other day I'd be like, how to overcome trauma from your family. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Okay. And, and essentially what happened is all these people started coming in and I got on the phone with them. I was like, what video did you come in from? What are your pain points? What are the products? If I were to sell you something, what would you want? Mm. And essentially what happened is I started realizing that there was certain amounts of people that were coming in that had certain pain points. And I chose one of two options. Number one, I could either create the offer myself, which I ended up doing, right? And started selling that more evergreen sale. And another one is I started realizing that a lot of people didn't necessarily want my advice, but I started talking about some of the mentors that I had mm. in my life and they wanted my mentor's advice. So then I just started recommending them to my mentor. And that was kind of like the two things is selling my own stuff or recommending the products and services that like changed my life. Yeah. And you'd get like a, a yeah, free, that's cool, man. That's, yeah. a, that's actually a great idea. Yeah. I've done so much of that shit. That's a good idea. Um, backstory a little bit though. You touched on two things that like I wanted to talk about was a, you went on a fucking wild scooter chase to uh, after somebody who you thought stole your phone. And it's a yeah. fucking hilarious story. I don't know if I should say that because okay. we're in the country that okay. <laughs> essentially <laughs> that guy might be watching me like, I remember that guy. Where is he? Location tag. Find yeah. him. Si and got my loved ones hostage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think that's going to happen, but that was funny. So you actually tried to chase after the guy yeah, and it, it, was it, it wasn't that guy. guy. I felt like, I felt like, actually very bad you I was like i'm you, sorry man. you tackled somebody you, you tackled <laughs> to be fair what is a guy doing at 2 a.m driving in a random ass place here he's probably cheating on his wife so. what the <laughs> <laughs> of course he couldn't have been just going home from work yeah you did the right thing mike um and then the secondly man we had a crazy chess thing and i was like we we're playing a lot of chess and yeah. you're good at chess yeah. so i was like oh shit i need to beat mike and that it was a really you beat me you, you actually won that one hurt that 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 loss, that L, like it stung. I remember that game actually yeah. because you took my queen. I was almost winning, but, but I beat you because uh, what was it? It it was it was like I it was like you couldn't move any yeah. place. Yeah, it, stalemated it was, or something. It was like it was like something like that. Yeah, right? it was a bullshit lose. I remember it was just your king was right there and you were just stuck. Yeah. Yeah. But you had a queen, and that that was like the thing it that was. was like, it was oh, a man. hard L to take. Yeah. I remember that one. But I'm glad that that had like a, such a positive impact on you transforming. I didn't know that that actually. For some reason, every single time I was going through some shit, you were just, hey man, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, okay, bro. I love to hear that though, because yeah, it's need, really good, man. I'm we really need grateful. those friends in our lives yeah. that are just like it's not like a super high maintenance relationship, but it's yeah. the right place, right. But time. how did you know? Was it just like something that you're just kind of like I, I sitting hacked, on the toilet one day? I, I hacked like, into your phone and I watch you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually yeah. don't know. But I truly, truly, truly believe like we are cosmically connected. Like yeah. our friends that come into our lives, there's no accident there. And I, I really, truly see this a lot more though. The more that I'm like, I'm meditating, the more I'm connected to myself and God that actually where I see the, the connections of the fabric of thought. And so when I think about someone, they'll message or when I'm thinking about them, you know, like I'll message them. They were thinking about me. Like it happens a lot, right? And the more that I'm into a space of like a, just like kind of like a God thought energy. Like I just think about God when I wake up in the morning. I'm just like, thank you for this day. I just stop mm. and I'm like, well, I, it fucking hurts to wake up. Like every day I wake up, I feel like shit because I'm, you know, on medications and my body hurts and like it sucks. But I made it a practice to be like, I am grateful to even feel this. And I, I do that. And it helps me feel a bit better about it's kind of sucking until about an hour when my joints 
uh, feel a bit better. Blood mm. flows, you know, it's stiff in the morning. But that gratitude thing connects me to a God energy. And then that also then amplifies my manifestation and like just intuitive abilities. And then I'm able to like tap into friends and I don't even know that I'm doing it, but it always is, sometimes happens that it's like mm. impactful, the right time, right place. And I think that's really cool. Like I geek out on this shit because mm. it's, it's, it's overwhelmingly, um, there's proof that it, like mm. this is happening just through like experience. So I think that's, that's a thing. So I'm, 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 I'm stoked that that's a thing. And then uh, now to circle back to, okay, starting to make money again. I love that you went down this full tantra path. Like that, that's went so deep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Crying just like every day, just like hitting the pillow. Yeah. Rubbing yeah. My nipples. I'm like, <laughs> this is going to solve everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and there's a deep part of that that helps you process your emotions more. I had that a lot during the accident where like, I remember I was supposed to get a surgery and the doctor was like, no, you should wait six more months. And like, that was a big one for me. And I was just like frustrated. Like I, I lost my shit and I just knew I had to express and release mm. as our friend Chantel Raven would say, and it's a smash pillows and I had to scream and cry. And then I took a nap and I got up and I was like, okay, what's the next step? Like do it, you know? And so we need as men, we need to be able to be sensitive and express and not bottle that shit up because mm. that then is blocking creativity. It's blocking abundance coming your way right um but i really like that then you did this year of boosting content and making sales and making money to then go and then work on yourself and connect and how the, that you just told me recently you've been in the ukraine yeah. it was like there's a war happening bro what yeah what how why what yeah well yeah in terms of the biggest thing about I think the lesson that I learned from Tantra, because I don't want to go in and like bash it, right? Mm. I think the main thing that I learned that it taught me was how to process my emotions yeah. as well as like become more emotionally intelligent mm. and attuned, which I think then taking that and moving it into business was was almost like crazy because a lot of business people don't know how to actually, like there, a lot of them are just being controlled by their emotions. So like sometimes when I go, I just want to go and say this because every single time that I do kind of go through that path, it's like, it sounds like I'm bashing it, but mm. I'm not. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was just kind of like a biggest thing. But in terms of like your Ukraine thing, so essentially what happened is I was like seeing this girl, right? And this girl was just like, oh, you know, I want to go ahead and like see my family in, for example, Ukraine. And she was telling me, she was like, oh, I want to go ahead and see them for Christmas. And I was like, no, you can't because there's obviously stuff oh, there. And if I'm going to go ahead and protect you. Yeah, <laughs> not like, stuff, a I'm, war. If I care about you, I'm not going to go ahead and send you in to a war zone. A war zone, right? <laughs> yeah. She was like crying and emotional and all of these things. And in the past, I've been like, oh, no, she's bad. Maybe I go say yes, because then she stops crying. But then I remember like all the things that I learned in Tantra. And I was like, no, actually, she just needs to feel this. Allow her to feel this. Create space so that she could feel this. Teach her how to go ahead and hit the pillow. Teach her how to manage the emotions. But ultimately, this is for her future safety, right? And then essentially later on, after getting more data and feedback, uh, essentially, there was a path to go ahead and go there. It was essentially a 12 to 14 hour train ride across the border, across the Poland border, and then across the Ukrainian border. It's super freaking slow. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and take you, but I'm coming. And I told some of my friends that I had at the time, and one friend was like, I want to come too. <laughs> and, the, and then another friend was like, I want to come too. And then three more people like, I want to come too. And then Did you we, lead a fucking tour into a war zone? So then, so at this point, there was essentially like six of us, and then this guy who was like, like super good at getting people in and out of war zones. He was like, "I'm coming too," and I was like, "Great, wait, 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 wait." You had like a you had niche had a friend that was a war zone extrication and infiltration specialist. He just spends his time like helping people that are kind of 
in trouble to get out of certain places. He's like a coyote. Yeah. Okay. So so he was there and it was just like, it was great. So I was like, all right, might as well do this. And if I'm going to go meet your parents, it'd be interesting that it's like, you got a squad of people kind of essentially, you know, protecting you as you go there. This is hilarious. Yeah. So okay. we, we ended up doing that. But the problem is, is like a good handful of them were Australian. Ooh. So <laughs> on the way there, everyone's just like drinking and drinking and drinking. And mm -hmm. I, like living in Bali, I was pretty sober. The yeah. Time, maybe three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. Changed completely the moment I started hanging around <laughs> Australians. I'm just like, shots, fuck it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You're in Eastern uh, Europe, yeah, also yeah. the land of vodka. Yeah. So, so you ha you're you're drinking quite a bit. You're on a super long. I mean, you're on a 14 hour train. I'd assume. Yeah. You'd you'd have a few. We and, also had Uno cards too. So. It was, oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> Uno on train with vodka through a war zone. Great. Mix. Australians. Australians and Australians, of yeah. course. And so when you went, where did you go visit your partner's family in Ukraine? Uh, Kiev or? Yeah, we essentially just went straight to the, the heart of it all. How, how, like, that's what blows me up. Because obviously in the news, you see, like, yeah. tanks blowing up and, like, you know, yeah. shopping centers being bombed and all this shit. Like, were you worried about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. Obviously. And you still went and these people volunteered themselves to still go. Blows me away. What was it like? Uh, it was weird because the moment I was there, the first person I met was someone from San Francisco. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing here? And it was just like this... Asian girl, I was like, okay, Asian what? girl from San Francisco. And we were like in this abandoned mall. And we're walking around and one of my friends likes Asian girls. So <laughs> essentially I see him and I I yell his name. I'm like, hey. <laughs> and then like I look at him and then she just bees line. She's like, opens us up like a pickup artist. Hey guys, where are you guys going? What are you guys doing? Hmm. And then she opened up. She was like, yeah, man, I'm like been trying to find... A man and none of these guys are putting out. And we were like, what the heck? Wait. So that was my first experience, what? bro, in Ukraine. What, I met someone she from San Francisco. What was doing there? I don't know. She was like, she was like, she's saying some stuff on how she just went there. To and get dick? Like, no, she was like there for like volunteering work. Oh, good for her. Yeah. That's nice. She should get dick. She was <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, she was just saying, yeah, it's like I was on like three dates with like some of these guys and none of them are putting out. And we're just like. This is interesting. <laughs> Do you like vodka? <laughs> so, so that's crazy. That's a crazy story. Yeah. And then, like, did you see some combat stuff around you? Like, what was it like? Uh, yeah. So we just stayed kind of like in the center of like the city. It's like super beautiful city. The be the people are so amazing and beautiful, and the values are really nice. And everyone's like mm -hmm. buying each other flowers. Cool. Uh, they're buying their mom's flowers, their girlfriend's flowers, their sisters. It's just like everyone's like about like buying and, and giving flowers to each other. Hmm. Uh, really, really nice and warm. You, you see, like, I, I got some flowers for, like, the girl's mom that I was essentially seeing, and she was just like, whoa. And, uh, yeah, there was, like, these big tanks that were essentially there uh, that was kind of confiscated from, like, the opposing side. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it was, just, it was just crazy, man. It was like, you see, you see how crazy things get people still continue to live on and the Ukrainian people were, were so much like the strongest people, especially just moving on with their day-to-day -day life as they're yeah. going through all of those traumas. It was, it was wow. very, it was a very good lesson to see that when things are happening and, and bad stuff are happening, you can't just avoid life, but you still have to continue living on and doing the best with what you got. And still like they, they still are big about community, about family. They all hang out and have, like dinner together and lunch together and, and the food is good. And, you know, I got this like potato vodka that they made from the village. And like, it, it, like if I was going to go ahead and live in a place 
like somewhere in the world that is other than, for example, Asia. And there wasn't, of course, like a war. I'd probably go ahead and just test that out for a bit. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. How long were you there for? I was there for a week. Okay. 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 And like, that's good that you were able to still like have, and you're still making money there while you're there because yeah. you, you set yourself up, yeah. which is super cool. I want to jam with you about that later after. That was just, that's just so interesting to see. And when, when was this? How did that, when did that happen? It was like last week. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so when you walked into Karma House, you were like a couple days in yeah, from coming from would, a war zone. Yeah, essentially that. What the fuck, bro? I was like, oh, I haven't been in Bali for a bit. Let's go. You're <laughs> more random than I am. Bro, and it's completely insane because I come from this place of like, traditional values and I see the beauty of it and I see how like close-knit the family is and how they're together and how they don't fight and how when there's conflict they talk about it and mm. they don't let like certain egos get the best of it but it's like the family unit is what is the most important yeah 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 and I literally come on a podcast like for example here uh, a couple of days ago and I'm talking about traditional values and I'm literally talking to one of the girls like on for example Sasha's podcast oh I remember hearing about and, this and this was just like the recent one and I'm talking yep. about like traditional values obviously I was a little bit also too aggressive yeah 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 which is what I learned I needed to go ahead and pull that back but then one of the girls was like oh and how old are those people traditional values and I was like yeah like in their 60s and 70s and 80s and it's beautiful and she was like I know this sounds weird but like maybe we just have to wait for them to die and I was like <laughs> Where am I? Where am I, man? It's like, <laughs> I, I, it's crazy where the world's going with this like traditional values thing. Cause I believe in it. I, I miss families being close knit. And I yeah. feel like the family unit is more and more, you know, spread out. There's conflict and we don't deal with it anymore. We just break up. And, and it's kind of happened on the dad's side of my family, my dad's side of the family. And they don't, they just don't talk anymore. Like they just don't really see each other anymore. I'm like, that's a damn shame. You know, and my mm -hmm. mom's side of the family is more close knit. So when I opened my shop, the one in Vancouver, the new one, they came to visit and they mm -hmm. came to like congratulate me and be there. And it's just mm -hmm. like support, you know, like let's celebrate each other. Uh, let's be there for each other. Like it's so important. Um, and that, like, that's a part of me that I'm a bit more old school about that. Like, I want to see a tight-knit family unit, and we need to have our roles, and we need to have – it doesn't matter which role you play. You know, if, if someone is more in the feminine and he's, a, and he's a man, that's okay. If you have a more of a, a yang energy in a woman, sure. I'm quite a yang person, so I want a yin type of woman. So we balance each other, but then we have that in the unit of the family unit and that we're connected. Like, that – that's what's up and i feel like that's that makes me happy and comfortable so like i, I want to be with a partner that has a tight-knit family and that's important right so like my current partner is vietnamese and she has like a tight-knit vietnamese family mm. i love vietnamese people and i grew up in a very vietnamese partner uh, uh, area in vancouver sorry and so i go over to their house and obviously they speak a lot of vietnamese to each other i'm learning how to say like funny shit in vietnamese you yeah. know just like oh kong sao kong sao like no yeah. problem and they're like hey kong sao you know they, they like it and uh then they're like, uh, Jenny's mom is like, uh, he needs a Vietnamese name. And I'm like, yeah, I need a Vietnamese what is name. It, what is it? It's hilarious. And so her brother is super cool. Henry, he's great. I really love her brother. I'd actually be friends with him. Like, that's what I love about her family is like, her brother's great. I'd be mm -hmm. friends with him. You know, she's great. Her family's cool. Her dad was a little bit of a hard ass at the start and I was scared of at the start because he's just like very stern, yeah. right? But now he loves me. And uh, her, brother, her brother's like, well, he's a happy guy, right? And they're like, yeah, he's a happy guy. He's like, fuck. <laughs> P-H-U-C fuck. Hey, fuck. Yeah. Hey, uh, fuck It means happiness right And so I'm like yes that's my name Like yes I'm fuck it's, Fuck fuck no yeah, yeah. So funny like, oh, that, that brown fuck is here again <laughs> <laughs> This is great right So they're just like I feel included uh, I like it They have a tight knit family I'm, yeah. I'm, I feel good going They have family dinners every Sunday And I like that I appreciate yeah. that It feels good for me And so I like going there But also I'm not Vietnamese So I'm kind of like outside of their like 
family drama drama. So it's like yeah. a perfect place to be. It's just like being in Indonesia for so long. I love it. I speak fluent Indonesian. I get to connect with the Indonesian people. Um, but I'm I'm always gonna be a foreigner, so I'm kind of like outside of like any of the the drama of like their yeah. stuff. So it's like perfect amount of like space first being connected. Like mm -hmm. I enjoy that a lot. But seeing the family units like crumble and that like yeah, people don't want to have those things anymore. It's it's almost for me like I don't want to sound like a this but it's, like, it's almost too progressive too pc for me whereas like no man there's power in having the stable family and and having the father figure be the father figure and the, the mother figure be the mother figure like those roles are important in our development but then seeing the way it's like kind of shifting and growing and like melting and just yeah that 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 part is is astounding because i was in bali for so long then i went back to vancouver it's very very pc i'm like oh wow this is mm. this is the, the whole thing I'm, I'm, I'm about it for everyone's rights. Like I want people to be happy. I just want them to have a happy life. Like mm. I don't care what you do. I just want you to be happy life. It's not hurting anybody else. But then when it's getting to mess with the actual family unit, I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's good. It's going to mess with kids' brains. And yeah. That's kind of where I'm it's at. It's not even like family units, right? It's just like a, a person's ability to go ahead and work in a group where you have like some type of collective mission for change. Yes. Right? Where yes. That's like one thing that I really looked up to you guys about. It's like you guys put all of your difference aside you know, let's go ahead and build this, for example, this project. Mm. And it's like that brotherhood of you coming together and your strengths covering each other's weaknesses. Yeah, 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 you yeah. could build something a lot bigger than, for example, if it was just one person. Yeah, yeah. But it's the exact same thing with the family, right? It's like for the man to like be strong in areas and be weak in areas. For the woman to be strong in some areas, be weak in some areas. But like same way how I wouldn't have a business partnership where they have the exact same skills as me. Yep. It's the exact same thing with... Like a relationship, it's like you need that complementary skills to cover each other's weaknesses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's super important, right? Um, so that that was uh, interesting to see. And it's thing, interesting that you saw that in the traditional values out there. And it's like, no, we can't wait for them to die. We need to take the best parts of that. Yeah. Parts of that can die. There's parts of like the non-emotional um, intelligence that like I see a lot in ethnic families, mine included, that like there needs to be a bit more progressive in that. Like there needs to be, we need to be in touch with our emotions. But then the actual like, have each other's backs and be there, be there is yeah. so important, right? And that's, that's, that's one thing that I really looked up to you guys about where it's like something bad happened to me and you're like, we got your back. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, whoa, I thought I we didn't have to do this. We were ready to find somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> dude, if, if someone would, were to ever like take my stuff, I have this eight foot tall <laughs> guy and this tatted guy that's also like seven and a half foot tall oh, or something nah. like that. <laughs> He's huge. <laughs> oh man, that was crazy that that happened to you. Um, I want to circle to the to the AI thing because I'm curious about this and you, you've been talking a lot about it. You've been using it a lot and you've been making good money and teaching people to make good money out of AI, right? I think on your Instagram right now is make $1,000 a day using AI or something like that, right? And so I like that. That's cool. And like I'm using it a bit because I listened to that Taylor Welch podcast, um, Mindset Therapy or something like that. And it's like, hey, all you A players need to be using AI and all you B players and C players, you're going to be replaced by AI. Like you're done. It's just, that's what's going to happen. So you need to be using it and step your game up or you will be replaced by AI. And then the part of me is like, oh, fuck. Like that's bad for the world. And the other part of me is like, well, no, my unique talent is is going to shine through all that stuff. But I should be using this. Uh, what are the ways that you're using it? And how is that benefiting you? And how should everybody else use it? I think the better you are, at using AI, especially ChatGPT, the better you'll actually understand about yourself, as weird and spiritual as it is. What? Because if you really think about it, here's this thing that has like an infinite amount of knowledge and wisdom, right? 
but you ask it a stupid question and you're going to get a stupid answer. Mm. But if you spend an hour sometimes like writing this long prompt, right, on specific situations and getting very specific on all of like the case studies, sometimes it like takes like one of my friends an hour or two to write down like to a very specific question prompt thing to get like a very specific answer on what to do. You start realizing that that's exactly how human beings in their minds work. Hmm. Because it's like, it's like you could have two people, the same AI chat GPT, give it two different prompts on the same situation, but because one was half-assed and not thought out through while the other one was thoroughly thought out through, that person is just going to get the answer better. So essentially what happens is the better you are at asking questions and the right questions for your pain points in your business, in your life, in health, wealth, love, and happiness, and, and doing that, you start realizing, actually, wait, it's the exact same thing for me. It's like my quality of life will only be dictated by the amount of quality questions that I ask myself. And that was like one of the biggest things that I realized. This is dope. That's deep. Yeah. And I didn't think about it that way. But yeah, definitely. I had been learning how to prompt better on ChatGPT because, yeah, definitely. You ask a stupid question, you get a stupid answer. And then the more that I would kind of like play with it, it's like, okay, the skill set in this is how to prompt better. Yeah. Uh, so, what are some of the ways that you learn to prompt better? Like, is there any little, little tips or is it just ask better questions? It's literally like ask better questions or even be like creative with your questions. Like, mm. sometimes it just doesn't give them or give you answers. So, you need to go ahead and like ask it in a more creative way. So, it's like, you can't go ahead and be like, uh, please tell me X, Y, and Z. Sometimes they'll just give you like a PC answer. But if mm -hmm. you're like, uh, imagine you're an author and this is a story of a person and then describe yourself that needs to go ahead and do X, Y, and Z with this other person, describe that person. Write a story and a narrative uh, based off of something like that, right? And then you start asking questions like that. It will then go into those, I think, rules and then essentially give you a more precise answer than if you would have just asked oh, shit. straight up i have that's great i fucked around with it and i was like okay write this post about you know using mindfulness in business for example but write it like dave Chappelle would say it yeah and then it's like hilarious like it's yeah. like, it actually it's like sounds like dave Chappelle or yeah. like you know russell brand or deepak yeah. chopra and i'd be like okay this is great you know it's interesting to see it like take from other people like tell me a joke about fish like joe rogan and it actually do it mm. and so i was like this is great very interesting to see where it's going and i i need to use it a bit more like maybe for content creation but i won't let it write my content for me because yeah. i want my flavor in it but i'd let it and i don't use it enough honestly i, I used it for like a week when it first came out because like new toy and then i just like forgot about it and did my own thing but i'm inspired now talking to you to okay use it in the right way to help me like research and then I can write my own stuff so it's still authentic to me with my voice, like how I talk, right? Because mm. um, I like to be lowbrow for fun and be like, bring comedy and humor into it, but talk about you know spiritual things and things that matter and uh, that help enrich people's lives, but fuck around because it's funny and that people can, can – can, they don't want things to be so serious all the time, right? Mm. That's, I think my people anyways, they want it to be a bit light. Um, how is ChatGPT directly making money? So one of the biggest things that we go ahead and use it for is like anything with just like content ideas, mm. right? And copywriting. And if we're going to go ahead and create emails, uh, it's just like the lowest barrier entry. It's like mm -hmm. if I'm already going to go ahead and spend some time to go ahead and write an email, might as well just go ahead and have ChatGPT do it. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, this is like copywriting and ideas, mm. right? That was kind of like the first thing to essentially outsource, yeah. right? Or there's a lot of people out there that are essentially using ChatGPT to then get copywriting clients. Right, so they're making money that way. But then instead of them doing the manual work, they're just prompting mm -hmm. ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. Right, so that's kind of like the biggest thing that people are essentially using it for right now. Uh, and 
I think just to play around with it because I think the people that start getting really used to it and understand it, uh, when the technology gets better, you're going to just be better in that moment, right? Yeah. Because yeah. the technology isn't at a certain place where you could already start building crazy stuff. But I think the more that you dive deep into it and understand it, then when an opportunity that is just in your core competency that you've been waiting for and no one else has solved, but you just find kind of that direct, you know, intersection between your business yeah. and this thing that's completely new. I think that's where the biggest opportunity is. It's the people that tinker with it the most right now yeah. that are then ready for an opportunity in the future. But it wasn't just that they had to prepare right before the opportunity was there. It's like they accidentally were planning for it for like yeah. years at this point. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, that's great. Do you think it's going to kind of make people lazier though in the sense like, you know, I, I like to create my own content, keeps me sharp. But if I just rely all on ChatGPT, is this going to like just set me up for declining my skills of creativity or is this just inevitable that we'll be using these tools just like the iPhone or something? Yeah. I don't remember people's phone numbers anymore. Yeah. For instance, for example. I don't know, man, because it seems like as technology gets crazier, there's certain people that know how to harness it and use it. But the majority of people just get dumber and dumber and dumber through years. Yeah. As yeah. years just like go by. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's crazy. Yeah. It's like you have this technology that can literally change every aspect of your life and your existence as well as like make you financially free, uh, help you with any relationship advice, be your freaking therapist, right? And it's just in front of you, but you don't, you don't like use it. Or it's like how we've had Google and Google has been around there forever. And you could, you could literally go ahead and for example, just type in how to make money online on YouTube or Google. Yet how come there's still a lot of people still complaining about their jobs? So I still think essentially what this is going to do, I think is just going to divide people that have conscious thought to the people that are still kind of adopting the narrative of I'm a victim and the world needs to change for me to go ahead and do it. I think what's going to happen is just going to completely divide people even further, which is kind of sad. Mm, I mean, that's also a lot, a big part of the human nature too. Yeah. Some people are going to use it, get smarter. Some people are just going to get dumber out of it. That's just like, that's just yeah. us as people. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think, cause there's like a lot of people, Elon's talking about Elon Musk is like, you know, we're, we're opening the box to the devil or the door to the devil or something like we are dangerously advancing in AI and we're not putting enough safeguards or regulatory body, bodies on it that like fucking Skynet's coming together now. Like this shit is going to kill us. Mm. Uh, what do you think about that? So individually wise, I don't think any, I think the cat, I think it's already out, right? Where it's like, it's moving towards the direction. I think that's why it's like so important now to just surround yourself around capable people that if something did happen, like you, you're not alone. Yeah. Right. You're, yeah. you're literally not alone. So yeah. like you could literally try to go out and stop something that already is having a lot of momentum. And if someone like Elon can't freaking stop it. Right. The, the best next step is if there was like a worst case scenario, how would you go out and prepare for it? Oh, man. I'd right. Be, I'd be strapped. I'm just going to go get a bunch of guns. But, <laughs> but, but but they'll have, you know, flying drone guns yeah. and shit. So, yeah, that's the other thing that I'm like, OK, is is are we at a danger, dangerous precedence is, you know, a lot of the things that we saw in movies just foreshadowing the future, yeah. you know, like Terminator. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay. If Elon's worried about it, I'm a little concerned. You know, that's that's a yeah. little concerning. And didn't they say that AI is already sentient? Like it already expressed? I, uh, I'm i not aware. Do you hear the rumors of like AI saying that, you know, it's time to take over or AI, you know, getting angry? Like there was things like, but then also they don't say the other side of that, people prompting it to do that. So yeah, they, they've yeah. been like prompting it yeah. to say these things, right? So I'm curious about that. Like where is this going in the future? How is AI going to affect us? It definitely could take a lot 
lot of people's jobs. Yeah. You're going to see that. So then Taylor Welch mentioned that as well. Like, okay, we need to play at a higher level and use AI properly or it's going to it's gonna wipe us out in that sense and mm -hmm. just take our jobs, you know? Uh, I wonder if that, because would there be like AI life coach, mm. you know? And there's probably going to be AI therapists. Probably, yeah. Right? You could go ahead and, like, I think in the future, if, if, if people are already going to therapy for like chatting, right? And say you're like texting um, a therapist on like your your pain points maybe mm -hmm. there's like an app mm -hmm. if it's chat and chat gpt is like predominantly chat yeah i can't see why that wouldn't be something that people are probably already working on right now for sure right it'll probably be that it'll yeah. probably be ai doctors you know there's definitely gonna be ai girlfriends i'm sure that's yeah. a thing now like the, that's just like I was listening to some Jordan Peterson stuff this morning about it. But like, yeah, there's going to be just AI girlfriends and yeah. AI sex robots mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's like, how long is that going to take to get to be a thing? Mm -hmm. And then when will those become sentient? Just rip someone's dick off. Mm -hmm. Probably going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, that that's interesting to see, though. That I'm glad that you're using it for like a big benefit and that, you know, and mm -hmm. that that's going. How, how much time do you spend using like now grinding and working, what's your schedule like these days? And, you know, I know you're, you're you know, it's glad to see you making money again and yeah, get over yeah, that yeah. big, that big L, you know, that yeah, or yeah. those months of L's. How, how, how long were you losing 17K a day? Uh, it was just like maybe a couple of weeks. Okay. I mean, that's a lot. A couple of weeks <laughs> of that, I'd be losing hair. Yeah, like that's yeah, very, yeah. very stressful. It was very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, bro. And then, and then going into, uh, going through and running away, you know, just like, beating it but then finding yourself going through the inner work and then actually creating a game plan to get all that work done a yeah. year of content in three that's chat gpt right there wasn't yeah. it yeah that's a lot you can yeah. get out and bang out and then chill and go do your thing yeah go, go to war zones as you did yeah. right so that's interesting what's it looking like right now for your content creation for for working and uh and a yeah. work-life balance now so essentially what happens is i like surround myself around people that i essentially like want to be around Right. And what I do is I very closely listen to certain things that they kind of complain about. Hmm. And then I'll look within myself and see if I have any experience in that. And if I want to go ahead and attract more of these people, then I'll go ahead and realize that, oh, I could actually use content to go ahead and reach out and find more of those people from the Internet. Mm. Right. And build like a relationship with them before I actually go ahead and meet them in networking. I realized it was like really powerful. Right. So that's one of the biggest things is I'll just like go around and like I have like a good group of people that I respect and we network a lot. Uh, just traveling and just meeting up with people and just seeing like where there's collaborations. And if I, the, the biggest thing that I've like, for example, been realizing is there's so many people that made millions of dollars, but the biggest problem that they have is their woman like doesn't respect them. Right. Or I met this other guy who was like in Ukraine and he was like, like he sold his company for like $250 million. And he literally said, it's like, I have unlimited money and the biggest house, but I still have nothing. Mm. Because at that moment in time, it's like, it's like hard to bring other guys in because people just want to use you for your money. And at that point, it's hard building an authentic relationship, especially if you're well known for having a lot of money. Mm. So then I just started realizing that it's like, it's like just meeting with a bunch of these successful people, seeing how I could add value. A lot of it was just like relationships and emotional, like understanding like emotions and how to not be triggered in certain things so that mm. you could come out like logical. So I just started creating a bunch of content like that. So it was like very funny because it was like making money online. And then now it's just like, codependency like why you're disrespected and everyone's just like this is confusing so yeah. it's just like <laughs> yeah but that's essentially what it is and i would yeah. just like every single day i would write down all the things that i've heard or that i'm personally going through write it down in a long list and then every single morning before i go ahead and do anything 
because my highest priority in life is like health and creativity. So before I do anything, before I eat, before I allow myself to work, before I do any managerial task, because that is my highest priority, which gives me the most energy, I'll just create content first thing in the morning. Yeah, eh? And just get it all done. Sometimes I'll go ahead and like create three or four or five or seven sometimes. And then I just like having a big backlog just in case. Because in the past month, right, it's like it was very hard for me to go ahead and actually create content because, you know, I was like in Spain, I was in, in Ukraine, uh, like I was kind of traveling around. I was like in Dubai for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just creating content and B roll just for essentially like yeah, Instagram that. reels. And yeah. Stuff yeah. Like yeah. I saw that you're in yachts and driving yeah, Lambos yeah. and all this. Cool. Um, and so what are you using like your content tools? Are you using like InShot? Uh, what, what's, what are you, how are you putting together your videos? Are you using AI for that? So everything right now is I'm manually just clicking on record and just talking on my ass. Yeah. For, for, two hours in the morning and then I'll just give it to like a team of editors and they'll like chop it up. Some will chop it up in, for example, uh, chopping up in, for example, like reels and stuff like that. And then I also like getting multiple different variations Mm -hmm. of, of editing styles because things change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like, uh, the girl that I was like seeing and stuff like that, she was like, I want to help you make more money. Can I help you in any way? And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) You could go ahead and edit some of these videos in mm-hmm. a different way. So mm-hmm. now she's like editing these videos, which is funny because like in these videos, I'm like, this is what you d- need to do in order to keep a man like me. But I'm like, but she's like editing it. So she's like looking at this. Like, oh, I need to listen. <laughs> I'm getting a light bulb on this yeah. one. It's a great idea, bro. And bro, but it's nice, man. Like she has a lot of value into my life. One day, like yeah. I published one of the videos that she edited and I woke up with an extra 3K. Wow. And I was like, damn, we're going to Paris. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So they're they're clicking through that and they get to your web- <laughs> website and then they're finding products. Yeah. Is that how it's working? Joining my email list, I could go ahead and promote yeah. other offers. It's mm. really nice. That's cool. That's yeah. great. That's a good idea. I'm fucking getting mad ideas from this. This is yeah. great. This is good. For, this is good for me. This is a good idea. Well, dude, it's all because you just for some reason. Oh, I need to go ahead and text Mike <laughs> as I'm like slurping at a bunch of oysters and check out mercury poisoning. But that was also another thing. What? I got like crazy mercury poisoning. Every everything worst case scenario could what possibly the fuck? happen. Freaking happen. Bro. How many oysters were you eating? Two kilos a day. Okay, bro, come on. For a year. And I remember every single day, I'm like, this tastes metallic. (laughs) That's a lot. Two kilos a day of oysters. That's just a lot of oysters. I went extreme, bro. Some guy was like, I was vegan for 30 days. He's like, that's idiotic. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I'm just like slipping raw oysters every day. And then, and so how did, what were the health benefits that you did experience other than, and then feeling fucking mercury poisoning? Like, yeah, did you start feeling different after eating 20? Maybe it's like placebo. Okay. Right. But I'm just like, oh yeah, I feel all this energy, all this stuff. I around this period of time, I was literally doing everything that I could do to go ahead and uh, naturally like increase my testosterone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like going in and doing that. Uh, And also, there's like a lot of things I was like, I was feeling a lot of anxiety and anxiousness and waking up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 Mm. a.m. Just like constantly, like I I I was like sleeping and I realized I couldn't sleep because I was literally flexing my butt cheek, right. And I started realizing actually around this period of time, I was trying to get all of these like health ailments out of the way to cure like this anxiety and anxiousness and worried about my sleep. And I was like, oh, my testosterone is going to go down. But I realized all of it, it was actually because I just understand frames and boundaries with the relationship that I had in that moment. Mm. And all of that pent up like energy that I didn't know how to express mm. just turned into like passive aggressiveness and resentment yeah. and anxiety. And that was like the thing that I think helped everything because it's crazy how the problems and challenges in your relationship and your lack of communication can manifest into actually getting sick 
and you trying to go out and fix the symptoms. I'm like laying on, on this sharp pad to go out and relax my muscles, go to bed. I'm split testing if I eat kimchi before bed or in lunch, which one will make me sleep faster or not. Freaking sp split test so much things. But the obvious thing in front of me was like I was in a relationship where I just didn't know how to express my needs, wants, and boundaries. Mm. And and because of that, it's like the, the woman that I was seeing would naturally become angry because I just wasn't... I wasn't no longer becoming the best version of myself. If that makes sense. No, it does make sense. Yeah. It's very fucking interesting. So what what were the keys to expressing your needs, wants, and boundaries better? Okay. So when the the biggest thing that, that happened for me, right? So when I was like losing much money again, I remember she was like, Oh, I want to go ahead and I, I want you to go ahead and buy me a ring because all of my friends and 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 their like husbands, they love them so much, they got me a ring. And I was like, uh, like looking at my finances, I was like, I don't know if I want to go and do this. No, I don't think it's a thing. And then obviously she didn't feel like loved or, or, or appreciated because here are all her friends getting this ring. That like shows, an engagement ring? No, just like a just ring. Just a ring. Just a ring. I'll fuck off. And, <laughs> and I was just like, no. And she was like crying, 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 right. crying, crying, crying. And I didn't know how to deal with like the crying and the conflict. And it just didn't feel good. And I, I felt bad for making her cry. So I was like, okay, I'll get you a ring. And I think it was in that moment that actually I started losing respect for myself because it was just like yeah. I couldn't just stick with the no that I had. He caved. Yeah, yeah. I essentially caved. Yeah. And as I started doing that, I, th I started realizing that maybe she thought that, oh, if she acts a certain way, she knows that I could go out and do some certain type of thing. Uh, and I was just kind of falling in a line, man. And I started looking myself in the mirror wondering why I'm not as confident as I was before in yeah. the relationship. Again, it's not her fault. It's like me as a man, I yeah. needed to know on how to actually... When, when a woman gets like very emotional, right? Or every single month when she's on her period and logic is just thrown out the door to not actually react and to argue for like things. Like I need to go ahead and find out and lead us towards a path where it's like she's safe and secure. Mm -hmm. She's protected in the future. But I just, I just couldn't react logically. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And that was the biggest cause of my anxiety is just I didn't know how to communicate. And the less I didn't know how to communicate, the more the less respect I received because it's like she, in her mind, she's like, well, I was with this guy because you were strong and you were a leader and you do all the, now, now you're just playing a victim. So again, it was like seriously all my fault. And it was like, mm. it took a lot of inner work and looking myself in the mirror and realizing actually all these painful relationships, not even just in the relationship, but in business, getting cut out of business deals. It was no one else's fault, but me being reactive and not having the willpower to control my emotions. Yep. And when there's a conflict with a business partner, a friend, or a lover, I would have no willpower to control my reaction and my emotions. So I would lash out in hurt, which obviously would not want anyone to associate with me. Mm. They say that actually like the number one thing you can do as an entrepreneur, and I teach this a lot to my coaching clients, yeah. is emotional intelligence. And like to deal with your relationships, to deal with anything you're doing in your life, yeah. you have to nail your energy internally, like your actual and how you manifest things into your life is a direct result of your internal connection. Like what's going on with your yeah. emotions? What's going on in your mindset? What's going on with your heart set? And that's what's going to manifest externally. And so I yeah. lead them through a process of that. And then how you treat people teaches them how to treat you. Yeah. So you need to teach them how to treat you with respect because you respect yourself and you respect your boundaries and your goals. Yeah. And that's like a little bit of a rewiring. Like I had this mm -hmm. client and he's a baller, man. He's a CEO in New York, great guy. And, and he he's always used to being the baller. Really great dude, like connected to God. Is he, he's, he's very much so religious, but in a, in a good way. And he... He, he was consistently 
treating teaching people to treat him as a bit of a doormat because you just pay for everything when it was when it was like a romantic relationship specifically other than that he's a boss but when it came down to like relationships yeah he would attract in a bit of chaos and get worked because he was mm -hmm. you know overly the nice guy like in the mm -hmm. sense that he was like you know good christian family he'd want to do things right but there was a bit of like of course honey like yeah. for, for everyone and then he'd attract in like cr crazy chaos and get worked right and so it was just interesting when i got him through that process of like s teach them how to treat you you know make sure that they love you for you and not your money and that you're showing them that that you you're there for like they're there for you so stand in your values and truth in this and then he did that and he got over this crazy toxic breakup he was in a, a very toxic relationship got over that he made an extra half a million that year and he opened up a nonprofit NGO and then now found a, a new uh, fiance. And I was mm. like, yo, it was because he took agency and his emotional intelligence mm. and, and, and started gamifying that too, though. Like every situation is a test. Mm -hmm. Everything that we're going through, every relationship, every person, everything that's coming towards us is a test to uphold our emotional boundaries, but also handle it skillfully because it's going to say a lot about you, how you, how you treat this problem. Yeah. So say good things about you handle it at your highest so i made sure i did that i had some stuff with karma houses while i was here and i'm like passing over some management um, of that over to dave guys i have to give up some equity in the business because i'm just not going to be here enough for it and that like stung i'm like man i'm like failing at this one business because i'm just not there because i'm going to be building in canada mm. but i got buddies i can help but then it's like numbers you know then you then your ego gets involved yeah and i had to swallow that a little bit because i was yeah. like yo i'm giving up like you know a chunk of the business yeah. and i built that that's my baby but I'm not around and I owe it to my investors, you know, like we, I own half that business, but I'm going to give up less like some, a chunk of that. So it'll go on and, and, and continue to thrive. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's the right call here. So I owe it to these guys, but my ego came in hard, you know, and it was just like, okay, well, maybe I'll give up like 15%. And then the other guys share the 15, the 5% because we're going to put some money back into it and expand it and franchise this, that blah, blah, blah. But the other guys were pushing back on me like, nah, man, you should eat the full 20. Like, this is your baby. You, the, you, it's your responsibility. And so my ego was like, like really, man? I was like, mm. fucking serious? And then I had to then remember my my actual like practice, you know? Mm. Don't get reactive. Think of it objectively. Take a few minutes. Take an hour. Like, don't don't answer this right now because you're worked up. Mm. Like, your, your ego's there. You're, you're, this is mine energy, right? Mm. Okay. And then I consulted three people. I asked like three friends, you know, one of them. He's like, don't ever give up control in your business and fuck, fuck my head up even worse, right? Because yeah. he's even worse about it. But he's never been an actual like entrepreneur. He's a solo entrepreneur, yeah. very, very successful, but it's not his his business. And I asked two other entrepreneurs and one of them is a successful entrepreneur, close friend of mine, kind of like a bro mentor. And he was like, make sure that you're, you know, doing it for the right reasons. And, you know, what are you saying yes to by saying no? You know, what are you saying yes? What are you, what are you actually working towards? And that other guy who gave me a weird, weird response, firstly, his whole thing was make sure that you're walking towards something rather than running away from something. So if you're whatever decision you make, make sure there's something that you're walking towards rather than running away. And I was like, okay, I'm walking towards growing my brand and helping people in the West, like more so than that. And Bali is a bit of my past now. I'm always going to come back here, but it's not my mm. future. So I'm saying yes to my future by saying yes to this. And that made me feel so much better about the deal. Mm. And I was like, okay, then even if I'm taking a bit of a hit on this, I'm keeping doing what's best for that business. But also I'm saying yes to me investing in me. And then that brought the emotions right down because I was like stressed about it, like really yeah. stressed about it, right? Um, it was really emotionally heavy for me. 
And then once I had a clear action based off of grounded emotions, the stress was gone. Mm. I was like, okay, I accept it. You know what I mean? Like it's just easier that way. And that's where emotional intelligence comes in so clear is like, okay, handle your shit first so you don't flip out. <laughs> you don't flip out these guys. Like make sure that you are responsible with your emotions and then consult some people smarter than you. <laughs> that's like a good thing that I often like tell people and like talk to somebody smarter than you about the situation. Yeah. And then make, then make your own decision right mm. do you have like has your decision processing shifted now like after learning a little bit more about how to handle your emotions yeah i think the biggest the biggest thing that i learned about emotions is i should not make temporary like i shouldn't make permanent decisions based off of like temporary feelings mm -hmm. that that's like the biggest thing like in all aspects of life like i'll, I'll even remember where it's like i'll see everyone else around me even like the positivity in life where they're like we want to go here we want to go here let's travel there and like i feel like all worked up and i just want to go ahead and say yes but i'm like okay let me go ahead and sleep mm. on it for like a day or two or three or four right and just letting it come down right or anything in terms of like relationships right with for example a girl that it is that i'm seeing or a man that i want to go ahead and do business with it's like greed lack of patience envy all of these emotions you start doing things and then you start moving to this reaction energy so it's like it's literally getting back to that set point and to see when my like willpower is the strongest is in the morning that i that's what i found out for me so to never really make any crazy decisions in the evenings after i've eaten after <laughs> i'm like done with all the work after i'm fried in the brain yeah so i like if it's a big long-term decision that's i'm gonna go ahead and make i'm gonna go ahead and like literally go to bed yeah and not do anything that's the only time i don't do speed yeah in all aspects of life i do speed yeah yeah but yeah i think some people just need stillness right and yeah. when everything in my life was just kind of crushing i wanted to react i wanted to react and you literally have someone like dave say no you have to sit yep and do nothing yeah 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 and that was hard. That was hard. It's really, uh, you and me are pretty go, go, go people, <laughs> you know, pretty type A people. And so that stillness is like hard. Mm. And it was the most difficult thing when I started my meditation journey. It was hard until you switch and learn that that's actually a strength. Like if you can stay still and you can just chill, you're going to have some medicine out of this air and like it's going to get some ideas. Mm. It's going to help you. Mm. And that's like something I need to keep coming back to because I tend to like, I, put, I have so much going on in my life that it's already complicated. Yeah. So the thing that's not complicated is what you got to strive for, and that's stillness. And that's something I need to continuously bring in, bring in, bring in. Um, man, it's, it's crazy. The other thing is now that I'm really practicing is, okay, I'm not getting enough hours on the mat. I'm not meditating or doing enough yoga, and I'm not prioritizing that. And when I do, things go better in my life. But also then finding yoga in the moment, finding meditation in the moment, like right here, right now, can we get really present? And if you're listening to this, can you be really listening to this? Very, very present. So this moment is a meditation and we're just here. And already it just felt better. I'm just looking into your beautiful brown eyes and I'm like. Slowly feeling the feelings that come up. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Some tantra. Tantra retreats are hilarious. Yeah, hilarious. Holy, there's so many funny ones. Man. I don't know if I could do another one though. <laughs> I'm, I've done a lot. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, I think everybody should go to it. Yeah, and I think yeah. like everybody should do a yoga teacher training. It's just really good for you. Absolutely, yeah. go to a meditation retreat. It's good for you. Yeah. But then there comes a time where you're like, okay, I did it. Like yeah. I did it. You know? But what do I know? A year from now, I could be like, oh, I need another tantrum. It's like it's like every single time in our life, we're so certain that we know the answers. And then something humbles us, and then we realize yeah. actually we don't know. Yeah, you get hit by a truck. Yeah, <laughs> it, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not to you. Oh man, that's crazy. So what 
what can you help people with right now? It's on your on your programs, like uh, helping people earn with ChatGPT. Is that one of your programs you got going yeah, on? Yeah, that, that's like the main one. But I, yeah. I, I truly believe that I think what people need to just start doing is just like, like going through, if, if someone has gone through like a traumatic experience or has gone through mm. some type of pain point, they need to go ahead and express exactly how they are dealing with the lessons that are coming up. Just because it's like, you know, I've lived a different life, you've lived a different life, but people will resonate with certain people. And it's mm-hmm. like, I think if people started sharing all of these things that did well in their life and what they did wrong, the next generation will just be like, well, I want that life or I don't want that life. Mm-hmm. Like one of the most important things that I like doing when I'm just like in the sauna and a sweaty old man just comes in is not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> But essentially I ask like, so he's just sitting, you know, like when you're in the sauna and it's like some guy walks in and it's like, there's an awkward time. It's like one of you guys have to at least say hi. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So many times I'll just ask a question and it'll lead to say they're in their 50s or 60s or 70s. I'm like, what was the biggest thing that you didn't do that you wish you've done? And what are the things that you chased that were a complete waste of time? Like I like asking all of these like old guys just questions because it's like, here's someone that went down this rabbit hole of what they thought was truth. Yeah. And then you kind of see the positives and negatives of their belief systems, right? Because we have a belief system and we think it's true in that moment, but we're not aware of like the second order or the third order consequences that are decades down the road. Totally. Totally. So that's like the biggest thing. Just like if if we could be like that for the next generation and just say like, this is what worked for me. This is what didn't work for me. Kind of like an a la carte, how to deal with your trauma menu. I think if more people just started putting out all of their pain points and how they overcame that, I think yeah. that would just be good enough. I, it's, a, it's a huge thing. Like so many people like are happy that I documented the accident, what happened to me and how I got through it. And like so many people are like, okay, that helped me get through my shit. And I'm like, good. Then it's worth it. Then all this shit that I went through actually helped people. Like that's why I did this. This podcast really is I have access to amazing people like you and a bunch of my guests who are just like, awesome people so i'm like good i want to share these people with the world because with my listeners you don't get a chance to meet them now you do and then other and also a chance to like grow through hearing their stories mm-hmm. and i think that's super important because you know no one's self-made no one no one no one really is self-made we've all had teachers or friends or ideas that came from external things that changed our life completely just like a bunch of people listening to you today would be like I need to use Chappie GPT. You know, mm-hmm. I need to hit pillows. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's useful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make sure you have a good, good cry. <laughs> Rub your nipples, have a good cry, as you do, right? Yeah. But it's so important to have that. I'm curious, though, with the uh, with the old men in the in the sauna, what, what were some of the things that you heard? Uh, some of them was, it's like, it's like the obvious ones. It's like, I wish I didn't drink as much. Mm. I wish I slept more. I wish I didn't work as hard or if I did, I wish I would have enjoyed my wealth and my youth. Mm. And it's like people go ahead and sacrifice their sanity, their health and their relationships, go ahead and make money. And then when they have all this money, they realize what they desperately wanted was what they had before. Mm. And then that's why you see a lot of people selling their companies for 30 million, 50 million, a hundred million and just go throwing it deep down in like hedonism because it's like they thought that that was what they were searching for. And then when they go through that, they're all used up. And yeah, what they really wanted was just you know like a like a good girl to go ahead and spiritually protect them, mm. and like a good group, a band of brothers that like they just got each other's back when shit hits the fan. It's mm. like 
You know, it's like you got people to rely on. Yeah. Right. When ChatGPT takes over <laughs> and you're like, fuck, we need to go ahead and, yeah. for example, rise some cows. Rise right? some machines. And yeah, live, yeah, in, yeah, live yeah. in New Zealand, have a farm. I, yeah. actually, I really want to do that. Yeah. Like the more and more that, okay, I moved back to Vancouver now and I'm like, great city life is fun. I enjoy it. Yeah. Nice cars, you know, good air, clean water, proper roads. Like it's nice to have this, the, the, the Western world. I missed it mm. and all these connections. But then I'm also like, man, I want to be out in nature. Like I want to be out and away from the matrix and like have a farm. Like I really think a lot more of us are like waking up and wanting to do this. And I'm like, man, I want to do that. I want to have like, you know, raw milk and all that. You know, I want to like it straight from the cow. Straight from the cow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just like do that. Like I'm I'm enjoying it. Shotgun it like a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Don't eat two kilos of oysters. Don't be drinking like two liters of raw milk, Mike. It's going to fuck you up. What, what, What did mercury poisoning feel like? I didn't even realize I had it until like I looked at the charts and it was like, this was the chart. And then my thing was like above <laughs> the chart. Oh, so you didn't feel. Yeah, I didn't feel it. But oh. like, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm just doing treatments and stuff like that. That's one of the reasons but why like, I came back to Bali to just get some. Did you go to BSI or something? Yeah, go, something yeah, like that. yeah, that's good. Did, did you like, but there's no like symptoms. Like, did you feel symptoms of the mercury poisoning? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm glad I just got it like early, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. I love oysters. And I, I think it's placebo plus, you know, when like it's a bit of an aphrodisiac, but I think it's just you're replenishing yeah. your minerals. You tell any guy like, yo, this will make you do better in bed. Mm. They're like, <laughs> like I'll, I'll eat 10 kilos every single day. <laughs> Give me that stuff. What is that? Like in the Philippines, we have this thing called a bullet. Oh, the, the egg. Yeah, it's like eat this. You literally have people like driving around on bikes on like little bicycles at 2 a.m. just selling balut. No way. Yeah. Okay, tell people what balut is and what it does for you. Uh, the first time I heard about it, it was, it was like I, I went to Cebu and we just dropped there at like 1 a.m. We're going to the hotel. My dad sees some random guy on a bicycle with like a little picnic bag. And he's like, hey, hey, hey stop, stop, stop. And I was like, what's going on? Dad, do you know him? <laughs> and like he looks in the freaking picnic bag and he pulls out an egg. He's like, yes, I'll have like three of these. I'm like, what the heck is this? You're just going in some random guy on a bicycle is like picnic. He's like, he has a bunch of eggs. And you open it. And there's just like this, this like bird. But it's like, it's not a chicken. It, <laughs> it, looks, it, looks, it looks bad. It's a fetus. It's a fetus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they eat it. Well, because, so, okay, so it's the chicken that had grown to a developmental stage of not quite being a chicken, like it's a little chick. Yeah. But it's the fetus of a chick. And then they pickle it, right? So it's a pickled. I don't know. Whose idea was this? It's like, let's just do this with. Hey, man, who who decided to first make cheese or like first, you yeah. know, like do there's some weird shit well, like out drink there. milk. Like look at like, that animal with that big udder. Yeah. Like, go ahead and just... <laughs> who, who's the first person like, oh, coffee enema. Yeah. Like, who, like who's the thought of this shit, right? It's, I mean, coffee's it, really good, but if it, I show it up. If I put it in my ass, though. Yeah. Hmm. Imagine, <laughs> the, imagine convincing someone, the first person. Yeah. Yeah. Before the movement was created. Right. right? Here's this bag. Yo, this coffee. Yeah. Put it in the bag. Yeah. And then you just yeah. put it in your butt, hold it in there for a while. Yeah. Not too long, not too short. Yeah. And then you just put it out and it's going to detoxify your body. You know, you're yeah. feel good after this. It's kind of like what, when you were telling me about, what was it called? Anal dearmory. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is funny. Okay. So tan, tan, down the Tantra rabbit hole, down the Tantra path, I was doing some uh, Tantra trainings and retreats with Chantal Raven and Aaron Kleinerman, dear friends of ours. And um, I went to this one in Perth. Me and Matilda, we went to this tantra retreat, and it was be- beautiful. It was deep. It, you know, I had done a few of these, and so we go out. You know, we're having a beer, me and Aaron and and Chantel and Matilda. And Aaron's like, "Hey, 
you know, the next thing for your, for your development. Like this is the next thing that's really going to break you open. Okay. Clearly. And you know, it's all this dysfunction and conditioning and trauma and things. It's just wells up and where men hold it is in their anus. This is where, this is where we hold. We're anal retentive, you know, it's a thing. So it's, it's held in your butt and the anal dearming process is you have another brother, um, Put his finger in your anus. Two fingers. Two, two, two. No, not I don't, like I don't a pinky. Know. I don't know if it was one or two. I would hope for hope for one. I didn't do it. Give me uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll just give me a fist. <laughs> Going for this, you know. And so, you put it in there, and you're holding it. I think on a pressure point, or is it on your G spot? Or I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. AJ, AJ did it. And so you, you put it in there, and you hold it there and you're supposed to make eye contact with the other guy and hold that and watch all your emotional trauma come up. All your emotions will come out. It's supposed to be an extreme release and it's extremely, you know, it's extremely breaks you open. It's extremely vulnerable and you're in this massively vulnerable state for, you know, uh, a certain amount of time. It's an extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not just like a, it's, 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 (laughs) it's there, right? You're there. Right. And you probably should do a coffee enema first. And so you're there, you're in it. And, it's supposed to be massive, massive for your development, right? <laughs> and so I remember Aaron telling me this, and I was kind of like, huh, like, yeah, you know, like, considering it, honestly, I seriously consider it, because I'm like, you know what, I'm in it for my development. Like, I am going, I'll do everything I can to grow as a man. I'm going to be the deepest, most sensitive. Deepest most- for sure. <laughs> 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 Fucking rights. And This is going to go deeper than the, the, yeah. the previous one. Oh, my God. You get competitive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just like... I just couldn't do it though because I was like, ah, oh, it's a bit far for me. Like, uh, you know, but I respect AJ. He did it because he was like, he he started training with them too. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to try this. And he, I, I rec- respect him for having the guts to do it, you know, having the butt to do it. How much does it go for? It's not cheap. Like, it's a no. thing. I mean, you got to pay someone else to put a glove on and put his finger in your butt. It's Oh, it's a glove? You go, yeah, he's not going to raw dog uh, it, bro. Come on. Health issues here. That's gross. They're grosser than that thing already, right? So it was like, this is anal dearmoring. And I remember telling you about it. We were like, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, but it's a thing. Did they, did they offer it for you when you went? No, no, I guess I wasn't. At that point yet. Okay. I guess I wasn't ready. <laughs> you got to be ready for it, yeah. man. I um, think this is like only for the the, the the ones that were part of the prophecy. Oh, okay. Of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an interesting thing. I mean, tantra retreats are hilarious. And I think they're good for us as men. Because I remember going and we had this one. I was there with Joe Axelmore. He was my partner for this one thing. And we had to dress. We had to, we had to dance like a sexy woman. Like our inner feminine had to come mm. out. And so first we're like, okay, find a partner. And me and Joe are like boys. We were both martial artists. We're like total boys. We're like, yeah, let's go. Let's go, man. You know, and uh, for everyone not, who doesn't know Joe, he's a very handsome, you know, also ex-drug dealer from from um, London, you know, raw, rough around the edges, but going doing the doing the work. So I respect him a lot. And we're, we get along really well on that level. So they're like, okay, everybody partner up. We're going to do an exercise. So we're like, yeah, boy. And we get to link up. Like, what's up, man? And we're like, okay, cool. And they're like, okay, we're going to do a, it, this is a dancing exercise. We're like, oh, okay, okay. And they're like, okay, so. So person A, put up your hand. I'm like, okay, I'll be person A. Okay, I'm going first, right? I don't know what we're doing yet. And they go, okay, so what you're going to do here is you're going to be channeling your inner feminine and you're going to dance for your partner there as your inner feminine. A a sexual, like sensual, sorry, sexy dance as your inner feminine. You need to dance like in your inner feminine for them. And I'm like, yeah, fucking right. Yeah, good one, guys. Okay, go ahead. We're going to put on the music. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like I, I have issues dancing like, 
regularly. I'm a lanky <laughs> motherfucker. It's just like not my zone of genius, right? But but now I gotta like seduce seduction dance like my bro here. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So it took me like a minute to just kind of like, all right, go for it. Like this is how manly you're gonna be right now that you're able to just go and do it. You know, <laughs> like you're gonna man up and dance like a woman. And so I'm like, okay. So I go and 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 start and they put on a song I actually like though. So it was like actually like a, like a Alina Barrez song. And I'm like, oh, I know this tune. This is, this is a sexy track. And I started actually like getting into it, right? And I kind of like close my eyes so it's a little <laughs> bit easier. So I'm like fully like actually like getting really sensual. And then I started liking it. And I started being like, I'm fucking sexy. And I'm actually going into it. I'm dancing. Did you catch some feelings? <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was rock hard. And so then uh, after Matilda and, and Chantel came up to me and they're like, your inner woman's hot. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And I felt like such a man. To be honest, I felt like a man because I'm like, I fucking did it. Like I, I went for it. I'm so man enough, I can tap into my inner feminine. And I think that's like a boss move, you know? <laughs> you have to do anything like that? Yeah. <laughs> did you do that one too, that dance? Yeah, it was the exact same one. Oh yeah? How was yeah. your, your inner feminine dance? Yeah, pretty good. It's pretty, all right. The sexy yeah. or? Is yeah. Probably not as hot as yours. Pro- probably not, bro. I was hot. Yeah. <laughs> You're like that. She was juicy. <laughs> she was she was juicy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I saw you doing a bunch of Muay Thai on your stuff lately. Yeah. Switch it back to some masculine shit. <laughs> 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 really quickly. You punch things, right? I punch things too. Um, and so how long have you been training for? Uh, it was mostly just boxing at this point. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, one thing that I realized is when, when I meet someone, I want to go ahead and like network with them. One of the biggest things I guess build trust is like just boxing each other. Yeah. 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 So that was like yeah. one thing that I've been like, I'll meet someone and then like, uh, they're like, Hey, let's go to the boxing gym. And we'll just like spar a little bit. But I don't know. There's something that happens when you go ahead and spar someone that there's like some level of trust. Right. Um, it sounds freaking weird, but it's, it's, it's kind of like BDSM, right? It's like there's trust when you go through this extreme situation with like your partner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've read in books. <laughs> <laughs> so I've read in books. <laughs> so I've read in books. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, it's like, it's like when, when, when someone punches you in the face, you punch them in the face. Yeah. You kind of see how you react, but then after you're just like bros and buddies, it's yeah, like, it's like yeah. a very bonding experience. I know exactly what you mean. Hilarious. I never heard of it in the BDSM uh, connection there. That's f- funny. Um, like I trained years in, in martial arts and it really bonds you to people. Like I was like, nothing makes you closer to people than punching them in the face and getting yeah. punched in the face by them. Cause it's, it's, it is bonding. It's actually yeah. really nice to see that. And, uh, and I appreciate that. I started to being able to box again, which yeah. was like a big like win for me to be mm. able to be in like training, like to actually move with the footwork, you know, after mm. breaking both my legs, it was like, oh it felt so good to be able to, to actually to be able to box. And I got epic trainers back in Canada, yeah. like very high level ones, the Olympic athlete. And it's been so nice just to have that camaraderie, like to be able to train yeah. and, and show you, I'm not really interested in sparring too much. I've had like 13 concussions. So I'm like, uh, yeah. I'm surprised I can form this sentence right now. It's great. Yeah. I, can, I can talk, <laughs> let alone be like, you know, so, um, but, even just going in for pad work, I think it's also a bonding experience like to just go and train together. Like yeah. That's powerful. And there's something about balancing martial arts, manly shit, like, you know, deadlifting, just the yang stuff with the feminine stuff. I take baths and mm. journal and like go for walks and love flowers. And, you know, like that's actually like a beautiful, brilliant thing for men and women to have mm. the balance. And I think it's quite important to put yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit in each of the realms, in each of those. So you're really able to tune into both so you're a holistic human. Mm. You're able to feel into things because I think that does also help with your ability to manage your emotions, mm. that you have range. 
you know, and that really helped me as well is to be able to be a bit more in my feminine so I can connect more to the feminine. That was, that was actually big for my development. You mm. know, my relationships would be fucked up a lot because I would get avoidant because I wouldn't want to be able to handle the emotional volatility mm. of whoever my partner was at the time. It'd always be the same thing. It could always come down to you're being a headache right now, man. I'm busy. Like I, I, I'm, uh, you're being too much. And that emotional volatility isn't like skillful in this situation. It's too much. You're being too much. I don't want to deal with it. I got so much on my plate. I'm busy. Um, I need space. And that was like my, my pattern. I'd get avoidant. I'd get avoidant. Um, and now I'm really seeing through the tantra work. Actually, this is what Chantal Raven and them taught me was the role of a strong man is to be able to hold a woman through her emotional chaos and her emotional volatility. They're emotional creatures for a reason because we need them. That's who are, you know, our moms are the ones who, who coddled us when we were crying and, you know, because they were able to feel their emotions where our dads would be like, stop crying. You know, it's like, well, we need that. It's what raises us to be compassionate and, and helpful. We need that in, in our lives. As men, we need to be able to protect the women, make them feel safe so they can actually express their emotions and they're safe. They don't need to be shut up or shut out. We're able to be like, okay, I don't need to fix it. It's not on me. I don't need to fix that because they don't want us to actually fix it. They just want us to listen and provide a safe space. So they can, if they feel safe enough, they're going to help us then be what you said, spiritual protection. I really like mm. that to connect deeper to God. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that, that was an important key in what I, one of the biggest things I got out of Tantra, honestly, was to be able to hold a woman through her emotional volatility and just be there. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's just like freaking like a pendulum left and right, left and right. I remember, um, when I went deep into Tantra, like really, really deep into Tantra and I was coming out, I was kind of like jaded because I was like, oh, you know, I, I thought this was actually going to work. I thought our relationship was actually going to go out and work. And I, I got deep into the emotionality of things and the relationship didn't work. So I went to the complete extreme and I was like, okay, only do manly things, only <laughs> do manly things. And when I was like traveling and just meeting guys who essentially had like the relationship dynamics that I wanted within men and women, I saw it and I saw that it was like healthy and happy. What work. are those? Like... In order, like this is what I've realized in a relationship through time, if 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 the relationship is healthy, the man should become stronger through time and the woman should become more beautiful. Mm. That, that's one thing that I realized because most of the people that were giving me like relationship advice, it's like through time, the relationship, it's like maybe one person would become a better version of themselves, but the other one wouldn't, right? And that that's just one thing that I was like very curious in. So I started like meeting some people just from friends of friends of friends of friends. Uh, just finding out like who's the best person that you know in relationships, right? And it was crazy to see just uh, the similarities beneath all of them, mm. right? Where one of them, I met this guy, he's he's in Dubai and he has like a really good relationship with, for example, his wife. And essentially what happens is he goes out there and builds a bunch of businesses, but he's really bad at managing and maintaining them. So his wife comes in with her superpower and then manages them. And then even like, for example, one of his businesses, like she's managing it fully and it's just pumping out 50 grand a month mm. but you see them walk and you see all the guys look at the wife and they're just so envious because it's like look at this feminine creature just being so feminine and adding so much beauty into the home but then she's also able to go ahead and manage a business that's like spits out 50k a month and that's mm. just like one of the businesses right mm -hmm. and as i like go and ask more questions and ask more questions and he's like telling me all of these things what's crazy is he was like telling me it's like if you really want a girl to be fully in her feminine, you have to go ahead and actually do the things that most people are afraid to do, right? Like everyone wants to go ahead and split the bill, um, like cut everything in half. Uh, she also has to go ahead and like have all these responsibilities and you're not giving her that safety and security. But if you really want that true feminine nature girl that like 
every woman like has potential to have, the man needs to step up and actually work on himself to create the finances and the space to actually allow her to feel emotionally safe and secure as well as like actually like physical, right? Mm. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned, like for example, from him is when his woman would go through some type of emotional traumas, he needed to go ahead and use these like tantra practices to go ahead and guide her through those emotions, almost to be like her shaman or psychologist or therapist and lead her out of that. So she's not bringing her relationship and communication skills she learned from her mom and dad into this relationship, mm. right? And she mm-hmm. needs to know that you have nothing but like the best intention in her mind. And when she's like angry, when she's sad, you need to go ahead and allow her to essentially like express it. Mm-hmm. And I remember like being jaded a little bit in Tantra. And like after that relationship, I was like, oh, let me go ahead and start a relationship on the opposite where it's like no emotions. And I couldn't go ahead and connect. The relationship was very hard. And then when I heard this guy, I was like, oh, let me go ahead and try that. It was like, here's this guy that's making money. He's very masculine. He's traveling around the world. He's doing cool things. He's someone that I look up to. And now he's telling me that he's essentially helping the woman, teaching her the skills of like how to go ahead and manage her emotions because with the feminine energy, naturally, there are going to be more emotions. It's like what makes women so powerful as well as like gives them the beauty and the flavor that we like so much. Mm-hmm. But also how to manage the negative emotions that come up yep. and to not just throw that negative emotions on you. Yeah. Because then now you're just fighting. So that was one very interesting thing that I learned that I was like, it's full circle where it was like I was running away from my relationship and going deep in a tantra getting some type of pain there because now I'm like sharing all my like journals and feelings and they're like, actually you're sharing too much. So I'm now running the opposite way where I'm not sharing enough. Mm. But then every single time you go from extreme to extreme, you get stronger and smarter and you have more reference experiences in your tool belt. Yeah. So then now like, for example, if I'm seeing a girl and she's going through some emotional things and I know it's not me, it's something from her mom and dad to essentially teach her how to journal, how to go ahead and hit the pillow, how to go ahead and, teach her to go ahead and hit it and she's kind of like shy nervous and then after when she's like crying you're essentially holding her and telling her she's safe and that you love her so much and that you're so proud of her for going through this mm. it was crazy man to real like to realize that i thought tantra wasn't the answer because of the pain that i felt in the relationship that being associated to that breakup to then running the opposite way where now i couldn't allow anyone in my life because i had no emotions yeah 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 to finding that happy middle kind of like that Tao in um like the ancient chinese philosophy where it's like actually use practices from everything. And when you go do anything extreme, if you stay there long enough, it's just going to lead to pain. Yeah, like mercury right? poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's deep, bro. I really appreciate that you that you went through that whole journey and whether we're able to to go to the extremes because you are a man of extremes, but now to find some balance in that and just like your work-life balance and now your emotional balance. And, you know, that that's a great way to live and make money and and do all these things it's, it's exciting and i'm just happy to have seen you grow and and from that from when we were there trying to get your back after you got robbed and you're chasing people on your bike and all this crazy shit to now and then taking these huge l's to now coming back and coming back to a place of strength and an abundance and emotional maturity i'm just proud of you my friend Thank you so much, man. It's like got nothing but gratitude and love for you for for some reason. Likewise. Reaching out to me, uh, getting me to go ahead and go to like your guys' events, to go ahead and, for example, getting close with you, with Dave, with Brian, with Sasha, Mm -hmm. with AJ, with Joe, with Mm -hmm. everyone. And to just really kind of like hold each other accountable. That that Mm -hmm. was something that was very, very, that, that I value like a lot. And it's like, it's crazy, man. It's like I look back and I'm like, we've already had, you know, 
three, four years underneath our like friendship mm -hmm. relationship thing. And it's just like, I think the most important thing is when you're older, you're able to go ahead and look back and almost like laugh with your boys on all of the L's you took and the wins you took yeah. and the L's you took and the wins you took, the ups you took, the downs you took. And to just realize that that's, I think what we want deep down inside. It's like to be able to go and just understand our values but to surround yourself with other people that also have similar values as us and to essentially just grow old together, mm -hmm. <laughs> bro. That's the way. I love that so, so deeply is having your squad of, you know, spiritual allies, you know, your bros and, and your sisters that are like your spiritual allies that you grow through life together. Mm -hmm. And it takes integrity, you know, with yourself and them and to maintain a friendship and a relationship and care and like truly care for them. And that's like, that's the big thing that I've really seen is like, yeah, I want to have these friends and more forever. Like I want this to, to be a, yeah, a soul family. And, mm -hmm. and that fulfills my life very deeply. You mm -hmm. know, that, that makes me really happy to have people in my life that I love deeply forever. And I'm going to always have them there, whether we talk, you know, every other day or every week or every year, or, you know, a couple months, like we went a, like a while without talking. Mm -hmm. You're out there in war zones and shit. <laughs> I had no idea, <laughs> but, but to then link back up like nothing, there's no time apart. And that only the depth of being away for each other showcases our depth of love for each other that we can come right back into it mm. is a beautiful thing. And I appreciate you for that. And thank you for coming today up to Lighthouse where we just filmed this podcast, our studio up here. And hopefully we can do some more stuff here and get some courses and classes and awesome stuff up because this place is dope and I'm happy you're here and you got to yeah, see it for the first time. amazing, man. It's like <laughs> I remember when Monty like had this vision and then he showed me the drawings and I was like, that's going to look crazy. And then mm -hmm. I come in and I was like, oh, wow. You literally drew that and it popped out of the paper and now it's like in reality, it's yeah, insane. I love that, right? It is so great to actually like create something and then do it with your buddies. Uh, I'm super happy to to see that come to fruition and all the work that Monty's done to make this happen. And, and I was coming here in the job site on two crutches all fucked up and seeing this, but I couldn't go up the stairs or anything. I'd just be like, I'll look from here, guys. Mm -hmm. But like to actually then see it build into what it is. Um, it's beautiful to see that, to have a place where people can come together and share their their messages like you got and where I can have this podcast while I'm here. Um, you know, it's nice to have like, conscious businesses coming together to share conscious messages. It's great. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. Thank you thank for coming you. today. Uh, check out Mike, uh, Mike Vestal on Instagram, MikeVestal.com. Yeah. Yeah. Check out his stuff. Uh, connect with him and uh, subscribe, like, do all those fun things. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching and we love you. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Ink Pray Love podcast. I hope you found it inspiring, entertaining, funny, and also feeling a little bit more present and connected to yourself. Please leave a review and like and subscribe and do all those things. I'd really appreciate that. As well as if you're feeling in a giving mood, this podcast is there for the charities that I love to support. Go to www.aaronbaya.com forward slash charity and get some of those good karma points. This podcast is brought to you by Lighthouse Studios in Bali, as well as Full Reset Coaching. That is my coaching practice. And if you're looking for help in business, inner game impact, and building your legacy to be something you're proud of, your brand, your business, and how you walk the earth and who you impact, and also having the mindset and the heart set to be able to be happy handling it all. I'm here for you. Just DM me. Let's go. Peace out, homies. I'll see you on the next episode.